with Pastor Ron Boyd coming to you from Dunbar Township. Come and listen in to a radio station where the mighty hosts of heaven sing. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. If you want to hear the songs of Zion coming from a land of endless free, get in touch with God. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. This is Brother Ronnie Boyd coming to you again today with the Apostle and Prophet Ministry. And I want you to stay tuned today. We're going to go into a service where I was doing some teaching on, you know, how we should feel about one another and about our brothers and sisters. And sometimes we get attitudes that's not good. And Jesus gave us a parable in the Word of God. We're going to be talking about that parable and, and how that a servant wanted to give this individual or the tree uh, one last chance and try it one more time. And that's the way we should feel about one another because hell is a terrible, terrible place. We wouldn't want to see anybody go there. So stay tuned. We've got some good things coming up today. Get in touch with God. Turn your radio of the book of Luke, and I, I just feel uh, this parable came to my mind as I was thinking about people, situations, uh, right here in town. I've talked to so many people, and the enemy has got them in positions. They've got their lives so messed up that it looks like that there's no way out and no hope. And I'll be truthful. Sometimes I sit down and think, how can they get this thing fixed? And I can't, I can't uh, figure it out. I don't know. I don't know how for them. I, I couldn't even give them advice other than this. Come to God and turn it all over to Him and trust Him to work it out. I don't know the answers, but He does. And it looks impossible sometimes to me. But I know with God all things are possible. So there was a situation in the 13th chapter of the book of Luke and verse 6. And he spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he came and sought fruit thereon, and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this tree, and find none on this fig tree, and find, find none. Cut it down, why cumbereth it the ground? And he answering said unto him, Lord, let a little of this year also till I think about it, and dung it, yeah. and if it bear fruit well, and if not, then after, thou shalt cut it down. Now, why did Jesus give that parable? Well, I'm glad for this parable because I have talked to many impatient people. Uh, now, maybe they're living a pretty good life, life themselves, but they get so impatient with everybody else. And I've heard statements like this, and they using Scripture, but not necessarily understanding it. They say, well, you know, the Bible says... After the first and second admonition, if a man be a heretic, reject How many have heard that? That's Bible. All right. And that is true. But what I've seen in that was something a little different. Not everybody that you're dealing with is a heretic. Amen. Not everybody. But even if they were, 
they deserve at least two admonitions. Amen. Now you see it? But we can't apply that scripture to every individual. I think we as children of God and ministers of God need to get some patience about it yeah. toward others because yeah. everyone's lying. So, you know, we all that way. Sometimes we get a little impatient. Yeah. And uh, we all are have a tendency to do that. But when it comes to working with people. But on the other hand, if you just stop for a moment, when you get real impatient and feel like, I'm not messing with them no more, that's it, yeah. it's over, I've had it, you know, all those things come to your mind. Stop and think, just for a moment now, just stop at that point and think, oh my, where are they headed? They're on their way to hell without any hope. And you get thinking about what hell is all about. And it's not a temporary thing. It's not just something that, well, they'll have a little experience there, maybe that'll straighten them up. No, it's over. And we have to do something now to try to prevent that individual from taking that journey. And so if we have compassion and we really have love, then we're going to step back and begin to evaluate the situation and say, maybe if I dig around this tree, and if I, I dung it and I dig around it and, and I, I, I labor here a little bit, maybe it can be saved and maybe it can start bearing fruit. Yeah. And uh, I, I think it's worth another shot. I think it's worth another try. And uh, I believe that we're all going to have to do that and try to get some patience because it's so easy to become impatient. But on the other hand, look back maybe on your own life at points yeah. in your own yeah. life. Right. Uh, maybe somebody just kept praying for you and you didn't even know it. Amen. Maybe somebody had patience whenever you didn't realize it. And I think that, uh, I know this, that that's what Jesus is trying to tell us here. Uh, be a little patient and spend some time. Now, when he came, Israel, come on, let's face it, they had so disobedient at so many different times and occasions. He could have said, hey, it's over. I'm tired of messing with them. That's it. But didn't he come after sending? He first chose them. Pulled them out of the world, chose them. Yeah. They had nothing to do with it. He chose them. Yeah. And he put his promises, his blessings and everything upon them and blessed them. Yeah. And made them a people when yeah. they was not a people. Yeah. And he multiplied them and gave them victory over their enemies. Yeah. And when it was needful, he opened up the Red Sea that they might uh, be able to escape the hand of the Egyptians. And when it was needful, he brought water out of the flint rock and gave them drink. And when it was needful, he fed them with manna from heaven. And when it was needful, he kept their clothes on their back and provided for them and watched over them and kept them during periods of time when they didn't deserve it. But he still did it. He was still a great God. And he had chosen them and he proved himself mighty in so many different instances in the Bible, and he was a great God to that people. And yet, they, failing here, failing there, uh, not having faith when they should have had faith, and murmuring whenever they shouldn't have murmured, and complained when they shouldn't have complained, and just on and on it went. He's still having mercy, and then he comes around, and he's just not done with them yet. He gave them the law and worked with them there and did a mighty miraculous thing. 
had his man Moses, his servant, come up on top of the mountain. God came down and they touched there on top of that mountain. And God, uh, taking the tables of stone that Moses had repaired and writing upon those tables of stone with the finger of God, the Bible said, yes. those laws and gave to Israel something for them to live by and said, look, I'll make a covenant with you. I'll make a deal with you. If you'll do this, you'll be my people. I'll be your God. Hallelujah. He was always trying. And then whenever they still failed, we know according to the word of God that he raised up prophets and sent those prophets among them. And the prophets would come in and just do miracle after miracle, heal the people, set them free, and uh, just do great things. And before that, there was judges. And he would send judges to deliver the people of Israel when they got in trouble and got themselves into bondage and captivity. And that was all a type of sin today. All that was a type of sin today. And we read back there whenever that Gideon in the book of Judges, when God chose him. God, that was because he loved his people. And people got themselves in bondage to uh, the millions, uh, uh, what was it, the Moabites, Midianites, or whatever it was. Anyway, that group of people that uh, was over them at the time. And uh, there there was in terrible bondage. And uh, it just seemed like there was no way out. And But God, in his mercy, he said, yeah. well, this is enough. These are my people. I'm going to give them another chance. Yeah. So what he did, he sent the angel, he sent a prophet first. The prophet came and prophesied to him, if I remember the story right. And when the prophet did not prophesy, God sent an angel. And here come the angels. See, when God sends a prophet to you, uh, there's something coming. And that's the way I feel. If God sends a prophet among you, amen, to stir you up, there's something coming. There's something following up. Amen. He just don't send his word out and then don't do nothing about it. No, he will accomplish that very thing where until it was sent. He sent the prophet. That was the word coming into the people of Israel. The prophet came and prophesied to him. And here's Gideon. He don't know what's going on. He's just a man. And all of a sudden, here comes an angel backing up after the prophet came, backing up the word. And what was the angel doing? He is putting that word into action. Yeah. And here comes the angel. And here's Gideon uh, thrashing. And, and uh, he's, he's hiding. He's actually hiding why he's thrashing wheat. Because he's afraid of the uh, people that they're in subjection to. He's afraid of the enemy. And uh, so he's there hiding, and the angel of the Lord comes to him, looks up, he sees him there, and the angel of the Lord said, Ah, you're a mighty man, a, 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 a valor. And probably Gideon thinking, uh, <laughs> What? <laughs> Here I am, about scared to death, hiding from the enemy, and you say that I'm a mighty man of valor, and, and uh, uh, where do you get that? Do you realize who I am? Do you know who I am? I'm poor. My father's house is poor. I have nothing, and he starts making all the excuses. But see, God was looking beyond all that, and it was time for deliverance. And God's going to send the deliverance. He sent the prophet. He sent the word. Now he sent the angel, and he's raising up the man that's going to deliver. And God told him, he said, I can do it with just you alone. And we find the story, if you follow the story, God mightily used Gideon to deliver uh, the children of Israel again. But this happened on many occasions because God loved these people. And even though that they did enough, that you know, thought that he wouldn't want to have anything to do with them no more. And yet, he would turn around and do it again. Yeah. So he sent the prophets. And uh, till, it just went till the Bible says in uh, Chronicles, until there was no remedy. So, get this loving God, even after that nothing else seemed to have worked, 
He came down himself, robed himself in place, and walked among them, did things among them that no other man had ever done, preached unto them, what about doing good, healing all that was oppressed by the devil, and what was he doing? One more time. Just one more time. He came, he said, I came to seek and save that which is lost. Amen. He wasn't interested in going to a big church where everybody was doing great. He was out there dealing daily in the marketplace, in the street, in the homes, wherever he could find. He was after the sheep that was lost. Amen. And there was a job to do. And when he would find them, he found them in sickness and disease and poverty and all kind of bondage that the enemy had put upon them. And he'd come along healing all that was oppressed by the devil. Amen. And setting them free. And he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he has sent me to recover the side of the body. I'm going to take care of you blind fellows. Uh, amen. I'm going to see that your sight is restored. Uh, and I'm going to set the captive free. I'm going to preach the gospel to the poor. Uh, I'm going to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Uh, and that's what he came to do to help people. Amen. So here he says, dig around it. Let me do that. Let me see. Maybe it'll bear some fruit. And I believe that uh, I just can't help it. With that kind of effort, I believe somehow God has to be in it, and I believe God's going to do something for somebody. Amen. But if we start writing people off, sometimes we write our children off. We get aggravated with them. And we can write our parents off. And we can write our relatives off. We get aggravated with them. And things like that. But maybe instead of doing that, stop and think. What's their destiny? Where are they heading? Where are they going? Is there anything that I can do? In the book of Jude, it tells us that if we can uh, pray, building on our most holy faith, and uh, we can get close to God, maybe we can help somebody and pull them, pull them, actually pull them out of the fire. They're on their way to hell. And they're left, uh, the fires of hell is kindled about them, but maybe we can pull them out of that fire. I'm making a difference, he said. Amen. So what, that's the way we need to look at this thing. And uh, we find here that uh, this parable was given, and Jesus wanted us to know this, that uh, give it a try. Give it a try. If it bear fruit, good, great. Let's go back to Isaiah for just a moment. 58 chapter of the book of Isaiah. I always like this portion of scripture about fasting. I have found in some cases, people will fast for certain things. Sometimes they'll fast if they feel like it will uh, promote them, uh, help their ministry, and all those kind of things. But sometimes I think we need to look at the Word of God and see what God wants out of us. Alright, now, he says here in the 58th chapter of the book of Isaiah, Behold ye fast for strife and debate, I'm in verse 4, and to smite with the fist of wickedness. Ye shall not fast as you do this day to make your voice to be heard on high. Is it such a fast I have chosen, a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head as a bulrush and spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will thou call this a fast, an acceptable day to the Lord? In other words, are you fasting to get attention? Are you fasting to get people to feel sorry for you? Are you fasting to puff yourself up? Are you fasting that you can win an argument? Are you fasting that you'll have your will in the church or, or something like that? Is that what you're fasting for? Are you fasting so that your ministry can be promoted? So that you can be a big shot? What's the reason that you're fasting? Get your voice heard on high? He said, that's not what I've chosen. Oh, let's see what kind of fast he has chosen. He says here, is it 
Not this, the fast that I have chosen to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burden. Let's dung around the tree. Let's dig around it. Let's see if we can uh, get some fruit out of that tree. Let's see if we can spare that individual from going to hell. All right, he said, this is the fast I've chosen. He said, all right, let the press go free and uh, loose the bands of wickedness to undo heavy burdens and let the oppressed go free and that you break every yoke. Now I want you to think about something there. If you're going to break every yoke, my mind again goes to the 10th chapter of the book of Isaiah, about verse 27, I think. Anyway, he talks there that it's going to take something to break the yoke. Now that the yoke might be destroyed and that yoke will only be destroyed with the anointing. So then, what we need is just fast for God to give us, uh, have His will done. Amen. And then, go put some legs on your fast and on your prayers and begin to try to help somebody else. And not be always trying to help yourself, in other words, but help somebody else. And uh, we find there that the anointing, the anointing, if it comes, the yoke will be broken. That's why Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. And then he said, what he's going to do? He's helping people. He's helping people because of the anointing. All right. So he says, is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, and that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house? Uh-oh. <laughs> Amen. Uh, wait, let's try to figure out another way there. Jesus. Let's try to figure out another way there. People will call up and uh, let the church know that somebody needs help. Well, that's good, and, and we'll try to help them. But if you want a real blessing, yeah. help them yourself. Help yourself. Amen. Amen. That's how you get the blessing personally. Amen. You see a need, you take care of it, and you help them yourself. Because not everything is supposed to be charged to the church. Did you know that? Uh, I know. It says, bring your tithes and the offerings into the storehouse that there might be meat when I come. I know what all that means. But still, I know the rest of the book. And the rest of the book said a widow is not to become responsible to the church unless she's a certain age and has no nephews or nothing like that. So then there is some that is not always supposed to be chargeable to the church. And sometimes you uh, should take care of your own and uh, not always be looking for a handout. And uh, I'm not against that. And God knows this ministry. I can should uh, he cancel checks. Well, we try to meet every need that we see or know about. We do. We try to help. But on the other hand, I'm talking to you from the Word of God, what the Word of God really says. And uh, so there's certain things that's not chargeable to the church, certain things that is chargeable to the church. And uh, But if you want the real blessing, yeah. here it says, bring him to your house. And when thou seest the naked, thou uh, cover him. And thou will hide not thyself from thine own place. And uh, your own place is different ways of looking at it, but I like your own children, your own family. You are responsible. And the Bible goes on again and confirms that. If a man won't provide for his own, he's worse than an infidel, already denied the faith. Is that right? So uh, all these things go hand in hand in the Word of God. Now, if you do it this way, and what it is, it's, it's the same thing as, as that tree. Uh, dig around it. Dung around it. Give it a chance. Let's try to help it. Let's see if we can get it to bear fruit. That's what this is all about. Help people. Help people. Yeah, people's in a sorry state. But I'll tell you what, those are the kind of people that I like to preach to because I have something that will help them. But if everybody's living over and above and knows more than me, I can't help you. I'll never forget, many, many years ago, before I ever knew that I was going to be in the ministry, I was just a young man, teenager, and there was an old pastor that we had sat under for a little while. 
He was a black man, and uh, but he was uh, I really thought a lot of him. And one day I stopped at his home to see him. His wife had been sick, and and uh, I think I was just dating my wife at the time. And he called me and said, uh, "Call me boy." He said, "Boy, come here. I want to talk to you." And I thought, "Oh, I must have done something wrong." And uh, he said, I, "I know something." He said, "The Lord's going to use you someday." I didn't know that. He seemed to know. I said, "Oh." And uh, he said, "I want you to study the Word of God." He said, "Because I'm going to tell you something. You can't help help anybody if you don't know more than they know. If they know more than you do, yeah, amen. That's right. then." You cannot help them no more. All he's doing is just boring them. He said, so you study the Word of God, so you know what you're talking about. Well, I went away from there. I didn't know what to think of that. I didn't know uh, that I was ever going to be used to the Lord at that time. Wasn't sure. I knew I always liked to be in church and do whatever I could, but I, I didn't know. But that advice, I never forgot that. And uh, sometimes uh, we uh, forget that. And if we're going to be out trying to help somebody... Uh, we're going to have to have something to help them with. Is that right? Amen. I mean, no sense to be praying for somebody if I don't believe that God's a healer. Amen. And there's no sense to me trying to help somebody if I have nothing to help them with. But I believe that I can go, and if people are in bondage and in sin and sickness and disease and all the things that the enemy has brought, that's what this gospel is supposed to do. Amen. And he said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Free from what? Free from all that stuff. Right. And he said, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. Yes. Amen. So I've got more firepower than the devil has. Amen. And if he's got a 22, I've got a 30 off 6. Amen. And if he's got a 30 off 6, i got something better. All right, I want to interrupt here, uh, but I have a few more things I do want to say. And from the Word of God, and I want you to hear a song from Gene Watson. And I want you to think about the song of these few little verses that I'm going to read uh, that goes along with the message about trying to help others, what our responsibility is in this world toward our brothers and sisters and one another. We can get attitudes, but we, that's not what God wants. He come that it, we might have uh, life and have it more abundantly. Now I think about this. And um, Jesus made some statements. He was the light of men. And uh, we read over here in John, the sixth chapter, a little statement that Jesus made in verse 38. He said, For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. That's why he had come. Then he said to his disciples in the 20th chapter of the Gospel of John, in about verse 21, he said unto them, He said, Peace be unto you, as the Father has sent me. Even so send I you. So we have been sent into the world. If we have this knowledge and we have this uh, salvation, know the truth, our responsibility is to go out and help those that are lost and dying. Now listen to what uh, Peter said about him in the 10th chapter of the book of Acts and about, oh, I guess, verse uh, 38 and how that God had anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Now he was given power. I said that if the enemy has some power, that we have more power, for greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. So we're going to have that song from Gene Watson. I want you to think about the words of this song and how that 
what our responsibility is to our brothers and sisters, our relatives, our friends, even people that you don't like, maybe you need to examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. So think about it. Now we'll have that song from Gene Watson.
Well, see our time is gone again. We'll see you next week, same time, same station with the Apostle and Prophet Ministry. In the meantime, let your light shine. Try to help somebody. Try to lift them up. And uh, just let them know that Jesus still loves them. We'll see you next week. And you have been listening to the Apostle and Prophet Ministry with Pastor Ron Boyd, inviting you to join him again next Sunday at 8.30 a.m. here at your local station. 590 AM, 101.1 FM, W266DB, WMBS Uniontown. We have